everyone. Thank you for joining us this evening. I hope your week has been filled with many blessings and joy. Grab a nice cup of hot cocoa, coffee, or tea, or if you're driving, please drive safely and join me this evening as we continue discussing the book of James. Tonight, we'll be in chapter 5 on patience and suffering. We have been going through the book of James. This letter says so much on how we are to live our lives and what kind of Christian we will all be. One of the most challenging things we all must go through in our lives are trials, tribulations, and suffering. We know that through all of these events, we will persevere and be rewarded with everlasting life through our faith and trust in Him, right? It says so in the Bible, but what is it so why is it so hard to go through these things? Do you ever feel like you are chest deep in it and the suffering you are enduring seems to be more than you can handle? I know I sure have. It is easy to go up to someone who is dealing with it all to say to them, you just have to have faith and God will see that you get through it and before you know it, you will be on the other side of it enjoying your life again. Or hang in there. I know it hurts now, but that emotional pain or yes, physical pain you're feeling right now will get better with time and soon subside. But for the person going through it all, sometimes those are not the words they are needed. Put yourself in their shoes, sure. Sometimes we can relate as we went through the exact issue. But there are those other times we have to try to put ourselves in their shoes and think what we might want to hear. When one is feeling as if they are going through hell and back, hearing words like that can push them farther away from God, asking themselves, why is he putting me through this? Why did he take this person away? If there is a God, then this or that wouldn't be happening to me. Well, in James 5, 7, you'll find that he tells us we must be patient until the Lord's coming. He shares on how a farmer works the land to yield his valuable crops and how patient he is for those spring rains. His entire crop depends on the rain and not to have too much or too little. He has to have the faith they will get through the season without any disasters, right? Well, just like the farmer, we too are to be patient and stand firm because we know the Lord is coming soon. We do not have to question or say if. The facts are we know he's coming back. James urges believers to maintain an attitude of patience while suffering injustices. Although every effort should be made to improve conditions and achieve justice, is there anything harder for sinful humans to do well than to wait? We're always waiting for something. We wait for test results. We wait for the end of the work week. We hate waiting for car repairs and oil changes. And fast food, it's never fast enough. We're waiting for the treatment to work. We're waiting for that raise. We're waiting for our children to grow up and mature. Waiting is difficult in a whole host of situations, but this evening 
James helps us to find that patience in the most important waiting game, waiting for our Savior's coming. Jesus teaches us good things come to those who wait with the rare combination of perspective, patience, and perseverance. That's James' point. Be patient, then, brothers, until the Lord's coming. Take the long view. James is saying, we are anticipating the day we meet our Lord. So let's fast forward and see what that day looks like. When you look to the end of life, yours or anyone else's, you're going to see a dead, lifeless corpse. Previously, that corpse had a soul living in it either the soul of a child of God saved through faith in Christ or the soul of someone unrepentant believer which will be tossed into the darkness to suffer forever in hell. In that moment, the list of what really matters grows very short. In that moment, when a soul stands before its judge, only one thing matters the presence and absence of the saving faith in Jesus Christ. All the things that consume our time and attention now, wealth, possessions, prestige, power, pleasure, well, they're put in their proper place. They either aided our faith or detracted from it. That is the end we all are looking forward to, a conclusion to life that no one will be able to avoid Viewing all of life in light of that serious and significant moment will help us keep the present in its proper perspective. Remember James uses an everyday scenario to illustrate his point in James 5-7 of the story of the farmer who waits for his land to yield crops. There are no shortcuts in farming. A farmer cannot do much to speed the growth of his crops. In ancient Palestine, a farmer counted on the rain around the harvest moon in October to soften the land so it can be plowed and planted. March and April crops begin blooming and the farmer watches for that spring rain. If either month of the rain failed to fall, both the crops and the farmer would be doomed. Because of this, the farmer has had to learn patience. He had to learn to recognize that timing was out of his control. Even though he worked very hard in the end, and when the work was done, he had to put it all in Lord's hands. He knew that worry and questioning God's care and control would not squeeze one drop out of the sky. James writes, You too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Well, we know that the Lord is coming. We know it because He's promised it. We know He will keep His problem, promise because He's kept His promises before. We need to have the proper perspective. We need to take a page out of that farmer's almanac and leave the timing up to God. We need to see life now from the perspective of our Lord's coming. Because we know, like the farmer, that good things come to those who wait. Patience, especially with other sinners, is hard, isn't it? We like to imagine that we're patient people 
and maybe to those who don't know us well, we can put on a patient mask. But just ask those who know you best, our parents, spouses, and children. They may paint a very different picture on our patients. If patience is such a rare virtue, well, what's the secret to getting it? It's a product of God's grace, not a talent we're born with. Paul puts it in his list of the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, if you desire the gift of patience, you must be filled with the gospel. You must be in regular contact with the Word where you discover just how patient God has been, not only with this world of sinners, but with you, also a sinner. In the Word, you are, intent, you are reminded that the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. As far as the East is from the West, so far has He removed our transgressions from us. If our God faced with the enormity of our sin, is patience with us? putting up with our failures and graciously awaiting to forgive us when we repent, then who are we to grow impatient with the weaknesses of others? Jesus has not come yet, not because he's testing our patience, but because he's exercising extreme patience with us. As we wait for him, let us be patient with one another, building one another up not tearing one another down. For good things come to those who wait patiently. Not only is he given us the word to do that works as it's, if it's outside of us, he has given us his word to penetrate the depths of who we are and transform us from the inside out. In Luke, he shares again how we must not judge each other we are to forgive others and we will be forgiven. Remember, with the measure we use, it will also be measured back to us. The Bible tells us everyone is going to stand before God one day and give an account of their life on earth. No one will be immune. Finally, waiting in a sinful world demands perseverance. James has helped for us here too. Brothers, as an example of patience in the face of suffering, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. As you know, we considered blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. When you think about the Old Testament prophets, it's pretty hard to think of one who didn't face suffering or persecution and yet with God's strength, persevered through it. Elijah, even after the Lord had defeated the prophets of Baal on Mount Carmel, was hunted by Jezebel and Ahab. Jeremiah was thrown into a cistern for warning people of Jerusalem to surrender to the Babylons or die under siege. Daniel, he was thrown to the lions for daring to worship the Lord instead of the king. But the examples James focus on, focuses on is Job. Job, the most righteous man on earth at his time, 
persevered in faith even as Satan unleashed all his fury. Satan robbed Job of his property, his health, his family. His suffering was made worse as his friends and his wife advised him to curse God and die. And yet, even in the midst of an almost unimaginable suffering, Job trusted God's wisdom and love and handed his troubles over to God. But Job's confession still serves as a pretty good summary of the struggles we face today. The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Sometimes the Lord gives us challenges to face. He puts before us an immoral boss, backstabbing co-worker, a malicious behavior from someone you believed once had your back, a rebellious child, family struggles, financial struggles, a life-changing medical diagnosis, and I could go on. Other times he allows comforts to be taken away, our dreams, our jobs, our loved ones. But today, We face trials that believers in the Old Testament and Early Testament didn't. It has been 2,000 years since Jesus promised that he was coming back. 2,000 years. This world of instant gratification teaches us to think that patience, perseverance, and waiting is for suckers. To silently suffer pain and persecution Trusting that Jesus is coming soon to take us out of this world sounds to most like utter foolishness. But Satan pelts us with doubt, leading us to wonder if Jesus is ever going to return. In the face of it all, by God's grace, we persevere, not because we have these superhuman faith, not because we completely understand God's hidden hand, in our world, in our lives. We wait and we persevere because we know the good things the Lord has brought about in the lives of the saints in the past. And we not only believe, but we know that He has only good things in store for us. We wait and we anticipate the Lord's coming. And until that happens, we rest in His grace because we know the Lord is full of compassion and mercy. We persevere because of who God is. He gives us perspective. He sows patience in our hearts and gives us that strength to persevere. No matter how old you are, five or 80, waiting's not easy. Look, remember that James reminds us that good things come to those who wait. It starts with perspective. We view everything in life in light of the end, and it is then you will be able to see what is truly important in your life. If all continues with patience, we to be patient with each other because God, our merciful Father, has and is patient with you. He will do so right to the end, persevere. We need to trust that God has never left his children hanging, and he won't change that. He won't start now. I not only believe, but I have faith in all of this. 
Jesus gives us this rare combination of perspective, patience, and perseverance so that he finds us eagerly anticipating the good things he will bring when he returns. When we suffer in our service for the Lord, we are to follow the example of the prophets who patiently endured. James points us to the Old Testament prophets as an example, brethren, of suffering and patience. Take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. We all, are, we all experience suffering in one way or another. Trials are a part of our lives. We as Christians endure the rejection of a hostile society who rejects the gospel. We all have trials. So how are we to face them? We can have an ungodly response to persecutions and trials. In fact, we could even go so far to blame God, become irritated with Him, and transfer some of our frustrations with Him and to our own family and Christian brothers and sisters. There are Christians who, when they are put into the crucible of suffering, become impossible for anyone to stand. So in James 5, verse 7, 8, and 10, you find passages calling for patience. In fact, patience is mentioned three times here. So whatever the trial may be, yes, you must be patient. God knows that patience is not easy, but he says no matter what, no matter how hard it is, it is something we must do. The real world meaning here is to be long-tempered, not short-tempered. Patience basically has the idea of being long-suffering with people and circumstances. Patience is enduring a tough circumstance you're going through and not be bitter. Now again, the question is, how are we to be patient when one is suffering? Instead, we need to anticipate the Lord's coming. The church has always lived in the hope of that second coming. We look for Jesus to return and we know we are not here forever. We also know we are going to be better off in a city whose builder and maker in God and we live in the light of the second coming. In other words, if you're enduring trials, persecution and suffering, then you have to have your eyes on the return of the arrival of Jesus Christ. If a Christian who is suffering and suffers to look to the coming of Christ, then we must consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed to us in the end. Then we ask, how long is his patience? It means when you are about to collapse under trial, persecution, and suffering, prop yourself up with the hope of the second coming, and yes, be patient. Things will not always be like this. You might ask how soon. Again, James tells us we must be patient and stand firm because the Lord is coming. Jesus could come for his church at any time, any given moment, any time, any second. The, right is ne- the night is nearly over. The day is almost here. He could come in a split of a second. Living under trials can create all kinds of frustrations, 
Sometimes we get bitter in trials. People living in difficulty can become so frustrated that they lose patience, not only with a persecutor, but everybody else around them. So James says, do not fall into sin. Remember, you know that he is going to reward you and bless you and take you to heaven if you do all he asks. No more sorrows, no more troubles, no more pain or tears. What helps you to be patient, hope, and fear helps. We will follow the Lord's servants. If you're going to go through suffering, you need somebody to look at as a model. An example are the prophets. They suffered such a great deal, yet they were patient. Patient right to the face of trial. James identifies John the Baptist as one of the great prophets. They were classic examples of suffering affliction and the patience at the same time, even facing great difficult hostility and rejection. They were classic illustrations of those men in speaking the truth, suffered and did it with perseverance. We need to understand the Lord's blessing. James tells us that we are to count as blessed to those who have persevered. Blessings come not to people who do great things. The blessing comes to people who endure great trials. The key ingredient is this. The ones who will receive the greatest glory in the world to come are the ones who endure the greatest suffering in the world. The greater the suffering, the greater the reward. We need to realize the Lord's purpose. As we know in James 5, we are to count as blessed those who, who have persevered. You heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. One needs to realize that God has a purpose in your trial and suffering. Job was one of the most popular stories of the Jewish tradition. He was a godly man. But Satan came to God and said, I don't think you have one man on earth that will be true to you. And God shouted, yes, I do, Job. Satan could not kill him, but he could do just about everything else to prove that he's a faithful man. Satan believed he could destroy Job. Remember, he had everything, but Satan took away his family, killed his children, took away all his crops, his land, his possessions, everything he owned. He even gave him a serious and severe disease. Even Job's wife tried to get him to curse God and die, but Job refused. Job refused to walk away and believed with an undying faith that God will never forsake him. He endured and endured because he saw the purpose of God. In Job 42.5, we wonder, what did he mean? Well, it meant that he never saw him in good times as clearly as he saw God in the bad times. What was God's purpose with Job? Well, he tested his faith to prove it real. He strengthened his faith so that he would see God more clearly. He did this to prove to Satan that there was a man totally a lover of God, no matter what it cost. And in the end, God increased Job's blessing. The Lord would restore his fortunes and gave him twice as much as he had before. He blessed the latter part of Job's life more 
than the former. Look, if you're going through a trial, remember that God has a purpose for our trials, so be patient. Romans tells us that we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love Him, who have been called according to His purpose. So be patient in any trials that comes your way and realize the Lord's purpose. He is doing something in each of us. He is perfecting us. He is getting ready to do great things in us. Do you ever get into a trial and you begin to question the character of God? Well, Job really kind of asked those questions, I suppose. Lord, are you there? Anybody home up there? Well, God never answered anything. Those questions had to be in his mind. Do you know when you're going through a trial, what is God's character? As you know, we count as blessed those who have persevered. You have heard of Job's perseverance and have seen what the Lord finally brought about. The Lord is full of compassion and mercy. Even in times, we question his motive. Consider the Lord's character. Whatever you're going through, he's compassionate. Whatever you're going through, God is tender, merciful, and full of pity. God is merciful. God is compassionate. God has many feelings. God is not just compassionate, but he has multiplied compassion. God is tender and merciful. He carries our cares. What are you going through? Are you going through the darkness of some trial, maybe a trial in your family? your marriage? Maybe you're struggling as a husband or wife or going through trials in a relationship. Maybe for you, weeping is enduring for a night and you are looking for some joy in the morning. Maybe a child's disappointed you or you're struggling financially or you've been diagnosed with a disease or ailment. Whatever they are, know this. Suffering, trials, trouble, affliction, whether it's physical, emotional, economic, whatever kind, how are you going to deal with it? How to face trials is simple. Be patient. Start living, anticipating the Lord's coming. And when you anticipate that, recognize that He comes as a judge and you do not want to let those trials cause you to sin in some way that will be embarrassing to you when he comes, or suffer the loss of some reward. Remember the prophets. Consider the Lord's blessing, that the more you endure, the greater the blessing. Consider the Lord's purpose, that he has something in mind to perfect in you. Lastly, remember the Lord's character. He is compassionate. He understands, and he will never let you have more than you can bear and you will always find his tender mercy along with it. For detailed Bible scriptures used in this podcast and the entire podcast in print, please visit patriciaspodcast.wordpress.com. Thank you for joining us this evening. God bless each of you. And until next week, remember to walk in his love and you will forever be changed. We are looking for testimonies for upcoming shows. If you or someone you know has a life-changing testimony to share, please contact us at 513 
349-349-3532 and we will contact you. Again, that number is 513-349-3532. Thank you and God bless.